on this episode of It's a Funny Your Life podcast, I will be talking to singer in the T Street Band and also a community hub coordinator at the Florence Institute, Tim O'Tierney. Good afternoon. Hello, it's my bad connection there for me there. Can you hear me again, mate? Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry there, I don't I was driving I'm driving from Formby. Um so probably just well, I'm going through four now, so it's probably better now, mate. Ah, okay. Yeah, all good. I was uh, I was asking about the question about uh, you work with the do some work with the Flory now at the moment. Yeah, I work in the Flory, I've worked there six years. Um I organise like the community activities and stuff and work with a lot of volunteers, do a lot of good stuff uh, for, for, for people in their community and I know you were saying before, oh, Lee, and Lee Swan, who's the king of the dingle, he's titled now and that's it. Um, you know, Sadio Man, he said my name, the best I've ever heard it, but I was just saying like how, how, how like Lee puts, you know, me to shame and people to shame with how passionate he is about doing good for people in this city and his, his community. And he's an absolute pleasure to, to call a mate and, and he, you know, he's not the only volunteer, but he, unfortunately he's the most, <laughs> he's the most famous volunteer now. So he, he puts me in my place and tells me what to do and work. That's <laughs> the way it happens. He's yeah. a bossy thing. Well, he's hard work when he comes when he comes in with an arc on mate some days. He'll have me doing all kinds, so he's a good lad. Yeah, um, obviously I'm going to move on a bit more than Lee in a minute, but like, did you used to go to Florrie as a kid? No, um, it was shut in the 80s and, and reopened in 2012. Um, I used to go, like, there used to be a place on, 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 on Tunnel Road called The Action, um, a youth club which, which was from that brilliant youth club. Uh, you saw the Bronte down in the Bully, you saw the Central Youth Club, you saw the Kenny Fields. Uh, but unfortunately, and, uh, the, the Florida didn't exist, so I first went there to support a fella called Mick Head, who's in another band called Shaq. And I fell in love with the place instantly, and, and to be fair, they gave me an opportunity, and I've never looked back since. Yeah, um, that's the, yeah, that's the boss. Um, obviously, oh god, uh, what's it like working with Lee then? Um, hard work, uh, because <laughs> as I say, he's very bossy. Um, he, he's a good lad, really. I'm only, I'm only joking there. He's, he's fantastic. You know what? I say, I'm very lucky to have a job I enjoy going to. Um, a job that I'm surrounded by people who we get on with and, and Lee is at the forefront. So, you know, if you could paint a picture of what the Flory is, I'd like to see a picture of Lee painted um, because he's a good laugh, he's a good lad. Yeah, obviously I'll, in December as well, it was the add a video. i seen a video on Liverpool's YouTube channel with um, Stadio Mane that I got a call yeah. with. Um, yeah. So yeah, he went to Anfield and scored in front of the clock. Um, yeah. Like literally any Liverpool fans' dreams, and he and he helped you and Lee out with the a fan. He got like a van from Nivea to um, help deliver parcels, like and stuff. That's all, so, yes. That must have been amazing yeah, for you and Lee. Yeah, it was brilliant. You know, I, you know, we don't Lee doesn't get paid. He comes along and does everything out of the goodness of his heart. Um, and I saw Liverpool were doing that kind of video thing, um, so I just, I just wrote to them, and I got a call back, and he said, yeah, we're up for coming out and meeting Lee, and we couldn't tell him, it has to be a secret, um, and, you know, the old day, the surprise, um, the emotion, um, you know, everything to show an appreciation for Lee, um, in a building that, you know, 
so important to him and he's so important too. So it, it was just a little thank you, really. And I got to score a few in front of the cop as well, to be fair. But they weren't on the video. Um, I pinged a few. Um, Is it right? So I was made up. Um, and in the changes, in the tour, uh, we got to hold the Premier League title, Sophie. Um, it, it was it was amazing. And Manny was such a lovely man. Uh, I know a lot gets said about how nice he is, but I'll tell you what, um, what, what, what an ambassador for our club he is, that man. Um, he's really, really, really nice. So it was nice to meet him. I'd, I'd, if I was going to get a choice of a player, I probably wouldn't have been him before we'd done it, but I'm so glad it was. Um, what a lovely fella. Yeah, and especially from professional footballers because they're racking up the money, people call them greedy and all stuff, but you don't actually know what they're really like in person until you actually meet them. Exactly, you know what, they're only greedy if, if you know, because they're getting offered this money. They, you know, if it was £500 a week, then footballers would still be playing football, wouldn't they? But well, fortunately for them, maybe a bit distasteful for fans, they're getting 120 grand a week. Um, but it's not their fault, is it? Do you know what I mean? Maybe it's down to the agents being greedy asking to us, but unfortunately that's, that's, that's the way it happens. Do you know what I mean? It's, it happens in every, every single job, maybe not that extent of money, but you know, the top top companies pay the top top wages, so there it is. Yeah, exactly. And of course, does a lot with the money that he gets paid for, like he goes back to Senegal and just helps all those helps his local town out with like building new new houses and properties which is possible. Build schools, you know what I mean, for people to learn it and, and, and stuff the water to get running water into the houses. It's what a lovely, you know, gesture and, and what a legacy the man's left. So, now leaving, should I say, cause he hasn't left. So, yeah, what a man. Yeah, it just, just shows the type of person that he actually is. Yeah, and you know, imagine being around him every day as a young footballer. You know, it must be, you know, very nice for us to be around nice people. Well, it is, isn't it? You know, yourself, mate. If, what school do you go to? In Notre Dame, don't tell me, Street. See, yeah, he's right. He's, my sister used to go there when it was a girls' school. I used to go and swim in Everton Park Bats through the summer holidays. You just put like an inflatable um, assault course up on the pool. But what I say is, though, it's, it's nice for you to be surrounded by nice people in school, and if there's a load of idiots in your class or in your, in your bubbles or whatever they call them, now, you yeah. don't want to go to school. But when there's nice people, it's, it's you know, it's nice to be surrounded by nice people, and that's what we all aim to do, isn't it? Be surrounded by people that you get on with and won't be around. So, it must be nice for them young players to see Manet and, and be around them. Yeah, and it must have been a, respe- a special moment for Lee as well. The moment he'll always cherish. Only, you know, we, we, we were aiming to get a... His favourite meal is a pie and chips, had a chippy. So we were aiming to eat the pie and chips in the centre circle under the floodlights, but it just couldn't happen in case he left any scraps. Um, so that would, have been, that would have been the icing on top, but to be fair, it was an absolutely brilliant day. All right. Yeah, Wish I was that. Um, I'm gonna move away. I'm gonna move on to your music now. Um, so when did you start getting into music, and where did it really all begin? In school, when I was about sixteen, maybe fifteen. Um, I saw Oasis. Um, really, really loved them. Like really loved them. You know, they they offered me something which felt like everyone could do. Um, seen them on the paper all the time. Loved the music. Um, my dad got me. Definitely maybe and spiders um, by space and I just took off from there really. A couple of lads yeah. in my schooling were playing guitar and uh, used to write me chord books down and boxes and stuff and uh, I used to go to a place called Ross Commerce Street. Your dad will probably remember that. Um, and it was you nowhere know, the tugboat is on, on, on Netherfield Road. Is that gone now? Yeah. Still there, it? 
used to be a big old school behind there. They used to do adult, adult education, adult learning. And I used to go there on a Tuesday or Wednesday night and, and they'd teach you how to play guitar. Or they wouldn't teach you, they'd give you like songs like Brown Eyed Girl or like mad songs and everyone would just jam along. So yeah. from there then I ended up going to community college and, and meeting you know the lads who, who end up in, in a band called The Maybes with. Oh yeah, I've heard, 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 i <laughs> nice. Um, so um, I was just saying there that Oasis was like an early passion for you. Is there any others that you really took an insp- inspiration to? I used to like Cast, uh, from Liverpool, uh, John Power, I used to like The Lars, and The Verve, and Space for Goods. You know, when I had my time, there was a venue called the Royal Court, and, and you could go to gigs. Like most nights of the week, and I'm going to watch a band, you know, so saw Coldplay on when before they done the first album. But my favourite song songwriter and bands is a fella called Mick Ed, who's in a band called Shaq from Liverpool, um, and he's probably my favourite. So going up and you know getting into them in '99 or something. They were fantastic. Yeah. Um. So like, what were the, what were the first instruments that you learned? What were the first instruments that you learned? What were the first hear, instruments know. that you learned? Can you hear me now, yeah? Yeah, I learned guitar. Yeah, I can't really play drums, I can play a bit of bass. Just like... I'll tell Nick all this in the band, but it's, a, it's an easy guitar, really, unless you play it right. Um, so guitar, uh, uh, you know... Yeah, yeah. Um. So, um, when were the T Street Band? When were the T Street Band founded? Uh, oh, good question. About oh, 2009, 2010 or something maybe. Um, I don't know. Yeah, about. I don't know. Maybe 2010. I'm not very good with dates. Terrible, in fact. It's like one year. I, I can't believe I'm 38. Yeah, about 2010. We've done a couple of gigs. As our first gigs in, in Matthew C Festival in Williamson Square, and then we played Creamfield the same day, and then we just kind of set off from there, really. Yeah, boss, and obviously it's gone big, it's gone a mate, it's gone big from there. I'd like to think so, yeah. I know a lot of people listen to our, ba- our bands, um, you know, but I wish it was that big. That, well, I don't actually, cause I love my job, but it's very hard to take a full time career out of being a musician. But yeah, big enough that we sell out venues when we do gigs and stuff, so that's always very nice. People buy tickets and, and sing along and buy CDs. That, that's that's lovely. Yeah, it must be. It must be really good. Um, so what were your hopes at the start for the band? Where did you want it to go? I always dreamt of um, getting on a plane on the back of playing guitar um, and get me guitar off a conveyor belt. Um, but then, you know, the, the one time I got the opportunity to take my own guitar, 
um, in the airport, I'd gone to the toilet, and um, I think it was Keogh or, or Webster that had got my guitar for me off, off the conveyor belt and broke <laughs> my childhood dream and brought it over to me as if they do me a favour. I've never been so gutted. I was like, oh, lads, you know what? That, that's been my childhood dream to pick my own guitar up off the conveyor belt. I used to just done it for me. You broke my bloody dream. So, yeah, that was always my dream. <laughs> did you did you put it back on the conveyor belt and get it back round? No, I was going to, but I just I just I just bit me lip really and just said thank you to them and and that was that because you know it's can't really start being being a deal when they've been very nice. They let me you know basically being me roadies already for ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, defo. Um, so uh, what job did you do before T Street Band was founded? He's playing a band called the Maybes. Yeah, the Maybes. That. Yeah, um, and that, that was that really, um, you know. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so how, how long have you known all of the band members of the T Street Band? I've known Lee, he plays guitar, um, since about 1998, 1999. Um, and then the other lads met in 2001. Um, and then Dominic about 2003, so a long time, it's, you know, 20 years plus, and we've been playing music together all that time, um, you know, so I know them as well as I know anyone. Yeah, it's good to know, it's good to do stuff with people that you've known for ages as well. Yeah, always, I've, I've never had to put a sign up anywhere saying, you know, guitarist wanted or drummer wanted, because that's a really hard thing when you've got to go and live in each other's pockets, because touring's a difficult thing. So going and playing a tour, 30 dates over, like 40 days, and you're staying in, in sub lodges and eating normal fast food, and, and it's all a bit like you're very tired and that. If you're with the gang of idiots who you don't get on with, you know, you end up bloody going home. I, I wouldn't want to do it. So, but when you're with your mates who, you know, you have conversation with and, and you know, you're all indebted in the same thing, you're all fighting for the same thing, you're all on that same dream, you know, it makes it a lot, lot easier. Um, a lot better, um, and, and you know when you release your album or when you do a big gig or whatever, the, whatever the high point is, it's fantastic to share it with people that you care for so much. Yeah, don't say nineteen ninety nine. It's just, it's just amazing. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do anything. Like if I was had the co-host for me part, I wouldn't want to do it without anyone I didn't know. Yeah, you wouldn't want to. Well, like you know, a podcast where you're going to just be absolutely divvies with each other um, and then you know it'll only last all two weeks and they'll say something or they'll say something not really do your head in they'll not jimming it wouldn't you so it's a long time but only ever do stuff so personal with people you like and you know and you can be honest with yeah exactly and don't do anything that you don't want to do either just do something that you that you, that's that's interests you and not what interests them you want to do something with someone do do it that you both interested in of course very yeah. So the point of doing it. Yeah. So uh, when was your first gig then? Um, I don't know. When I was about fifteen, um, sixteen maybe. I can't really remember where it was. I think it was on Green Lane in a pub called the Wellington. Um, I think I was playing guitar or singing. I don't know, it's not that long ago, mate, I can't really pinpoint. But it was with the lads who would basically help me and, and help me learn guitar, and he threw me in the deep end, and I'm sure I got out. 
Tommy did the problem about three times in like 16 and walked down from old Swan to three miles. I'm sure it was like Boxing Day or something. I don't, I don't know. I can remember something, but it was, I got home and I was bladdered. And, uh, and like, you know, you're you're young for that, but there's nothing worse than going home to your, your parents and, and you've had a few drinks and, and when you're talking, you don't feel that drunk, but you know, and stuff, it's, 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 I can remember it being something like that. Oh, that must have been for me, but bad as well. They put me to yeah. bed, did they? I think they put me to bed. <laughs> oh, do you know, 15, 16, coming home, blood is man- mental. After doing a gig? Yeah, After doing, doing a gig. Nah. Yeah, you don't want to do that. That's it, you behave that. <laughs> so, uh, so, that was your first gig. So, when was the T Street Band play their first gig? I think it was two, 2010. 2009, it was the the one in Waves, um, Waves and Tunnels, which is down by um, Waves, Waves between Edge Hill and Kenny, um, which was made by Waves and um, who basically give people a job to dig all the tunnels. They're giving handouts to people in the area. This is like years, years, years ago. We he basically employed people to dig these tunnels under the city, and we got to do a gig down there, which is brilliant. With Harvest Sun promotions. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's nice. Um, so say if you had a gig tonight, what would your daily routine be? Um, I'd probably you know sound check and boring. You've got a sound check about six o'clock, so you gotta you gotta have, have like time of a lie in bed, which and I can never do. Um, for one, I've got a dog. For two, I've got a baby. Um, and for three got a wife, um, so lying in bed until 1, 2 o'clock in the day, because you're going to be up late, isn't really going to cut the mustard in ours at the moment, um, so I'd like to think I'd get up about 10, which this is a dream, well by the way, I'd can't sleep until 10, uh, I'll have some brunch, um, so it's not like brekkie or dinner, it's like a bacon butty or something, big one, um, <laughs> I'd then down to the practice room, we have to carry all the stuff in the van, and then we have to drive to wherever we're going to, bring all the stuff out, set it all up, do a sound check, set it all down, go for a scram with the lads somewhere nice, and then probably play about 10 o'clock or something, you play for about an hour, and then it's pack the stuff back down, in the van, back to the room, carry it all out, and home to bed. Um, so it's... it's you know, people think it's all just having a having a having a dandy. It's a lot of lifting. And since we haven't been doing gigs with COVID and that, I've got a right little bloody belly on me now, so I need to get lifted some more stuff. I need to get practicing playing again so I can lift some gear. It's like a workout for me. And Corona belly. <laughs> corona, yeah, Corona belly basically. Um, <laughs> and I'm doing my very best to not swear and I think I've done all right up to now. Yeah. Um, so I have a small one, so good on me. Good on you. <laughs> Um, what do you enjoy most about playing music? Seeing people enjoy what we're doing. You know, this is not something that is it is like you read by a book. It's something that you you produce and you make with your mates or you know sitting in me in me house and playing a few chords. Then that comes into a song and then you put it on an album and then you turn up at a gig and there's people singing your words back. You know, that is the, that is that is the best thing about being in a band. Or people like yourself getting in touch and saying, you know, we admire what you do, we like what you do, you, you, you know, being appreciated really, it's, you know, it's a tough thing, there's a lot of...
Yeah. Um, and there's a very small percentage of people who get to a point of doing the album, so I'm very fortunate that I'm very, like, really pleased about that. Um, and my mum and dad as well, they're very proud about what I do, and, and, you know, from following a dream as a kid to potentially, you know, fulfilling it is, is something that I'm really proud of as well. Yeah, it's like the, like the yeah, buzz like of the audience. The audience is the one, yeah. I've seen your mates as well, people who've, who've got behind you. We have a lad, Gavin, who sat Gav. He's always helped us out from, from volunteering. He doesn't get paid, he just drives us somewhere and he needs a driver. And he, he, he gets us involved. He's as important as, as me and the band, you know, getting us from A to B. And they're they're and, and, like, you know, that, 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 that's amazing. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was like, when you, when you get support off, like, people that you, you care about the most, like your family, your mates, and even like, the audience, it just, it just must mean the, the world to you. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, so when what was your was T Street Band's first major gig? Uh, we, well, you know the Creamfields one was one of the first gigs we done, but it wasn't really great. We weren't really a band. We just we just done a gig in Creamfields. I remember doing Redmond Leeds Festival. Oh, yeah. I mean, we started playing. By the time we finished, the tent was absolutely shocker with people, and that, that felt like a, a massive turning point for us as a band. And, you know, the, the people then coming off the back of that, and you know, that's a massive thrill. So that was probably the, the, the main big gig that we done. Yeah. Uh, so what's what's the most enjoyable part about being in the T-Steak band? <laughs> um, probably. Um, not, not the stress that comes with it, because it's hard work, mate, being in the band. It's, it's me bloody... It's hard, do you know what I mean? And I'm very lucky that, I'm, as I say before, about being with my mates and people who, who respect me and I respect them. And so I think the best thing about being in is a very important part of the band, as every one of us equally are. You know, it's, yeah. every, it's all of yeah. us. Must feel amazing. It's us, it's brilliant, and as I say before, but when you when you do a big gig and you come off stage and you know you're in the back room and, and you you look up and or you're playing and you look over on the stage and there's Dominic there or or like Lee or and you've seen them people grow and and come and you've worked at this together, so you're enjoying that moment together. That's that's really good. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, yeah, just like yeah, it's just amazing, really. Um, do you, do you work or do you uh, do music full time? I work in the flurry. Um, oh, is that your job? Like I work. I work. I'm not gonna say how many hours because then I can, I can be pulled up on. You you said you. So I'm not gonna say that, but I work as a community coordinator in the flurry, where we organise activities for people to be able to go to. to Delay skills or to do activities, things like ukulele classes, art classes, uh, dyslexia support, autism support, working with volunteers, and being to be part of the community building. So that's my full time job, mate. Uh, would, would you like to do music uh, as a full time job? Not now. Because if you're doing that as a full time job, I'd be out all the time, but the partying still, and, and not, not in the house as much as I'd like to be. I go to bed about 8 o'clock, mate. It's like, but the L, being in the band isn't, you know, 
fifty year old unless you're Paul McCartney, he's seventy, I'll still do it. But you know, it's it's I, I like it the way it is, you know. I like it as a, as a, it's a hobby but, you know, sometimes come from it. And that's enough Happy life. I hope life. I hope so, yeah. Yeah. Um so I know John Gibbo, who obviously he done a pod pod at me a couple of weeks ago and um He's a big part of the T Sleep band and, and user a big part of the Anfield rap. So um how many tours have you actually done with the Anfield rap and can you tell us some stories? Uh, quite a lot, you know, we went to America in New York with them, Australia, uh, and then I've been on a on a on a on we've been to Ireland as well. And then I've been to Belfast, I've been um I've been loads of places with them to be fair. We done something in London as well, but a funny story. You know, I I used to really hate playing on my own, doing like acoustic gigs. Oh yeah. And, uh, they, they used to give me like loads of good gigs. So this one time we were we were playing, I think it was or somewhere, and it uh, half an hour in the, at the start of the show, and I went on stage and played. And when I came off stage, I said, "Oh yeah, it's and he said, "Are you done?" I said, "Yeah, that's it. Thirty minutes. Went, you play for seven minutes." <laughs> so I played about seven songs in seven minutes. Don't ask me how. I was that nervous and that stressed about it. I just whizzed through them all and walked off stage. If like I played a full set, and it was seven minutes. That's that's a that's a funny story as well. We 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 played a football match over in Dublin um, against these local lads. And um, Gibbo and Neil, bloody hell, they were they were like bloody two amazing centre midfielders, no one was beating them. Um but we ended up getting beat. Um we had the good lads, you know, I've got like the really good mates again the outfield rap being too being and doing a lot of good stuff with them and, and again seeing them grow from, you know, a small podcast to employing how many people as full time jobs and you know, that's the aim and what what a what a fantastic thing they they've done. Yeah, the outfield rap going on from like just to start off as like a little podcast, just talking about Liverpool to have it as a full time job and going on, going on tours, interviewing people like America and places like that. Unbelievable, isn't it? Just, just I'm, 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 yeah. I'm working with Liverpool as well. You know, they 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 they've been to Jurgen Klopp, they've been to bloody, you know, footballers who who do the and you know, Van Dijk, they've done all that kind of stuff. So, so have that respect from the the club you're talking about. Good on them. Yeah, especially doing something full time that you love. That just must be the best feeling. Yeah, some people like you know, it's some people like bloody, you know, everyone likes doing something. Long day, if you can do something that you really like in your, in your for forty hours of your week, then that's very important because then you don't you don't mental health side of side of life and you know coming home from after a day of work that you absolutely hate. Must be horrible. Where you do something that you really enjoy, you know whether that's bloody making. Whatever makes you happy, try and do that. Yeah, just whatever you do, just go with the flow. Yeah, not wasted. Advice in school, don't even know if you start them now. But telling you, oh, you can't. Like I remember going in and saying, like you know, I'd like to be in a band. I know you can't. Like what you really want to do. Be in a band. Yeah. Well, I can and can't. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
and, and things aspire to stuff that they can do with the time and effort and, and, and you know, working at it. Yeah, yeah, just it, yeah. Put your head to something, and then you'll always just be. You'll always be like, if you put your head to something and put your mind to something and just stick to it, it can just work out in the way that you want it to. Totally. Yes, yeah, boss. Totally. Um, so uh, I want to go final couple of questions. So you're known, also known as Akira, which was the inspiration behind. You making the behind the making of city pets, pets. What yeah. gave you this idea? Sitting in the out, we like my wife was pregnant. We were in lockdown. Uh, I was getting up about half past three in the morning, um, and I've never really like wrote songs in a, in, a, in a way of just sitting down, just doing it. And I just started. And once I started, I just couldn't stop. Um, and I ended up doing like. Two, two and a half albums worth of music in, in lockdown and then you know a very good sky I just said the moment you know we'd love to put this out the end of lockdown on two albums but you know I don't want to call it I don't want to gig it it's just that idea and be honest it's just the space and um, it was just I was inspired by getting up there early, and I, I felt really inspired. Yeah. It was weird, right? Yeah, it was mad. Mad lockdown. Like, um, how did lockdown... Go on, you want finish what you're saying? I was going to say, the, the word Akira only came from... Uh, I didn't want to call it my name, because I think that's, like, you know, a bit weird. Um, so, I just... A little bit, yeah. Because a lot of you made by under their own names. Uh, but yeah, big head, let's go with that. <laughs> Ed, uh, you play with their own name. But yeah, no, I, I got up and I just typed in um, African surnames. Um, and Akiro was like number three. And I said, a baby born with fat cheeks is known as Akiro. Um, I've got fat cheeks. Um, I've got a that, that sound, that'll be me, and, and that's all I came from, and I think it's a really good name. <laughs> Just searching up African last names, that perfectly describes your personality and what you are. That, wow, wow, that's just lucky. <laughs> it also just shows you a... Uh, my... Yeah. How did... How did yeah. Yeah. Um. How did Liverpool and lockdown help you make this project possible? Loads of time, Absolutely loads. I'm not someone who sits down and watches like the telly or listens to music a lot. So I like to try and do stuff. Whether it's cooking or walking my dog or I just I just do stuff. I can't sit still. Definitely like ADHD though the eyeballs um, and again once I just started doing something and I had nothing else to do you know I was just, just, just doing it so Liverpool on lockdown was was a, a clean um, wonderful place no lo- loads of traffic on the road and no noise and stuff it was, it was mad going through town on my bike um, and not a soul I was just weird weirdly inspiring 
Should we end the cool lockdown, what a place? Yeah, well, people, I just thought, well, everyone made out like lockdown stuff being the worst thing ever, but like, I thought the first lockdown weren't as bad as people anticipated. I'm, I'm with the, I'm with you on there, mate, but then on the flip side of it, though, it's like, you know, I, I, I had a job, I had, you know, I had a bit of security, I was living with some, with, with my wife, and I was, I could phone family members, and, I, you know, I work a lot with people who are socially isolated and, and live alone and, and maybe have a disability, and, and, and to be fair, if I, if I can only understand, try and understand what them people must have felt. I was in the very fortunate, you know, category of people, you know, I was healthy, I wasn't too worried, I was, you know, I had a, I had a job, I could pay my rent, where there's a lot of people with an awful lot of stress, um, so it must have been hard for them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, what are you hoping for for the future of uh, in you in general and uh, the band? Uh, do another album pretty soon. Get better at my job. Um, remove it also, do all that stuff, which is going to be a stress. Um, and then, you know, hope that everyone can start getting out and doing stuff and seeing people and, and being going to gigs and festivals and, you know, living life again to, you know, the, the prospect of what you want to live your life. So I'd like to think loads of that, loads of gigs, loads of holidays. Um, and, you know, I was before, I've got a baby, seven months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, we're going to end it there. So, thanks for everyone who's listened. And uh, massive thanks, Timo, for joining the pod today. Thank you very much, Rachel. You know what? You keep up the good work. Um, and if there's any, anything that you need, any help or, or with or anything I can do to help you, or, um, or anything that, anyone you want me to to tap up for you and say, you know, get on this podcast with him, he, he's good, and, you know, just keep doing what you're doing, mate, and, and um, enjoy being in school, and enjoy nothing now, and enjoy yourself, oh, alright? Thank you very much. And, and he's right to your boss dad again, um, make sure next time he comes to a gig or a see him in the streets, he comes over and goes, I'm that boss dad, uh, because the one thing that was very important to me is, how, how keen my mum and dad were and how, how supportive they were of me growing up and, and doing what I wanted to do. So to have a support and family around you yeah, is brilliant. So your dad's doing that for you, so good on your dad and good on you. And have a lovely, lovely, lovely evening. All right, mate? Thank you very much, Tim. Thank you. Take Thank it easy. You. Thank you very much. Keep up the good work. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Your live podcast, I've got Tim O'Tini. Thanks for joining, Timo. You all right, mate? Yeah, yeah, thanks for joining. Ali's right, it's a pleasure, mate, and thank you for your message. It's great to oh, see yeah. young people doing good stuff. So really appreciate it. The only, the only worry you've got is your granddad or your... Because there's no way young cool kid like you know we are. Yeah, nah, yeah, my dad's, uh, yeah, my dad's always helps me out. Oh, oh your dad the kill lad, is he, yeah? Yeah, yeah, he's boss. Is right. It's good to have a good dad. Oh, it is. An amazing dad. Yeah, so, name? um, yeah. Give him a shout. Give Jimmy him a shout. Sam. Give your dad a shout. Jimmy, what, mate? Jimmy Sams. 
is like the Jimmy Sars being a good dad. <laughs> Jimmy. Inspired yeah. Too. Got Jimmy Sars, big shout out to me, Tad. <laughs> yeah, so uh, nice one for joining. Really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, so okay, I'm going to start off first oh, question. So, um, how was your childhood? So, where did you grow up and what was it like? I was born in Kensington. 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 I was a lot of good friends, you know, see quite a few of them as well still. Um, and unfortunately, you know, you, you don't see a lot of people from, from your childhood as you get old. We used to go into town on a Saturday afternoon when, when I did throw to Leaven. Uh, like the museum. And throw stink bombs in the museum and, and basically just be kids. Went to Carlene, came up in West Harvey as a secondary school. God knows why, because it was miles away from where I lived, but... You know, it was my mum's idea, and uh, to be fair, I enjoyed it. Um, the, the, the yard with it, um, which you know, I don't know, he doesn't know me, but great to think that I was I was in the same group of kids on a on a pitch than the fellow who lifted the European Cup for Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, I remember Stevie G went to Cardinal Eden. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I even twice as Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what sports did you play in school? You're obsessed with, with sports, really. It was like a sports academy. Um, the first thing you've done is you made like a bath, like a, like a tennis bath, like a big table tennis. Um, a woods. And you used to have like short tennis all the time. Um, so that was my good. Short tennis, I remember being. Oh, I said that. Uh, quite good at table tennis, spending my life in youth clubs. But then football, they wouldn't allow balls on the um, on the on the yard. Play the tennis ball. That's why there were so many kids who were good at footy. I think from that school. I wasn't. I wasn't great. You know. I do like playing football. Um, tell me what my feet couldn't do. Um, so I was. I was. I played with the B team, which I played once. I think. Um, then because he was well better player than me. Yeah, so um, obviously uh, you play football. Did you play for any footy teams? Yeah, I did. You know, we used to play for like the youth club. We got out because weird season stuff. It was, it was massive to go play footy stuff. Um, I used to go over to like ones in bit down to Nottingham to play. Um, and then I played for. I can't even think what he was called. Oh, yeah. But it was run by a fellow called Billy Williams. He was my mate Ryan Williams at that. And he was absolutely fantastic fellow. He was brilliant. And there was teams like the Pipeline and all that. They were really good teams by, by ours. But I was never that to, it, to, to try and get into it. And to all with some... Um, I can't remember what that was called. Because he used to go and watch lots of some, uh, Saturday League with my dad. And the Seymour team. Uh, a really good team, but I never really got. Yes, she was a dad. He was all something. 
Uh, it was a long time ago, I'm 39 now, so unfortunately, um, little things like that escaped me. So I did play for, for teams, but no one really stood out. No one stood out in my head. <laughs> yeah, but obviously you, you, you love your footy, so like, it wouldn't really matter what any team you play for. Really. Oh, yeah, I absolutely loved it, yeah. Um, absolutely loved it. Um, loved going, loved being part of it, like, camaraderie, being in the team. Um, about, about 10 years ago, I started going and playing five side again, maybe a bit longer. And I got proper into it again, I got, got really fit and stuff. And I went and played for the team on a Sunday morning. Um, and I played for all 15 minutes and just retired again. Because, again, I can't get that competitive level of, of what them lads get to. So, respect them, but it's just not for me. Yeah. Um, obviously, I don't know, um, you're a big, massive red as well. Yeah, massive Liverpool. Red. Yeah, which is good because I'm a Liverpool fan as well. Yeah, I, I went. I went. I first went to see Liverpool. Um, my dad told me that I fell asleep on his knee. I was that young. Um, really good memories of going to watch Liverpool. Um, and still now, you know, I've had, I've had a good run over the last few years because I had to point where you know it's a lot of a lot of complaints of a lot of people, but I couldn't really afford it. You know, every every Saturday going away or at home. And, and to be fair, in 1997, I saw um, Oasis on the telly on 96, um, and we had great success. The, at, the, at that time, we had played like John Scales, Neil Ruddock, and um, I just, I just couldn't be bothered with it. Um, so I gave my season ticket up because I saw it was getting me and my dad down at the age of fourteen and got into music and went, went you know, started getting into bands. But Liverpool, yeah, yeah massive part yeah. of your life. Yeah, do, obviously, just do you still have an interest in going to Liverpool match now, despite because you're quite big in the music scene now. Yeah, you know, it's we've been very lucky over the last few years working with there's a there's a there's a night called Boss Night, um, and we've been I've been very lucky to go around with them and, and went to Qatar, went to Munich in Madrid, um, and then the Anfield Rap we do stuff long time um, doing gigs over in America and I went to um, went to Liverpool in in the M MCG over in um, Melbourne. In front of the biggest crowd I think Liverpool ever played in front of But going on a Saturday, you know, I've been fortunate to have got me to have got me ticket here. You know, I've been able to go as much as I'd like to, but that's everyone's complaint, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your best moment as a Liverpool fan? I remember beating Crystal Palace 9 0 in about 1990. Maybe I don't know. I was very young. Um, I remember that being absolutely amazing. Um, I got the, I used to keep scrapbooks and that, um, and I've still got the cutouts of, of all them games that I used to go to. And I remember um, Wembley, um, 89, 1991, beating Everton was always fantastic. And you know, over in Madrid, I never got a ticket for the game when I done Madrid. football, it's 90 minutes on the pitch. Um, the, the lead up to that and seeing people who, who, who you like and your interests, and you know that that's the more important side of football. What Liverpool do is you know is bring people together who've got the same thing in common. That's sport Liverpool. So I think a lot of good memories. Probably the 9 0 Crystal Palace. Yeah, and obviously in your time you've seen quite a lot of cup finals as well, like Istanbul. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I never went there, so I remember I remember watching it on, on a telly. Um, 
but never never got over there unfortunately. Yeah, and obviously um in that, uh, not Istanbul, uh, Madrid and your um, obviously played at a fan uh, the fan park in Madrid in front of loads of people. Yeah, about forty five thousand people or something, maybe more. I don't know, that was just no, like a dream now. But even like the lead up that I, I I went with a couple of lads. Um, we went via Glasgow to Alicante and um, that then two that night and, and day were, were were brilliant. It was like you know even what happened in Madrid in the fan park and you know Liverpool win the, the European Cup and all that. How how good that that day in in, in Glasgow to Alicante was was just brilliant. Very lucky, very fortunate to be a part of that. Yeah, and especially because there's like a lot of lot of lot of people that I've interviewed that are, that have been in that fan that went on that fan park that day. That's that, and it seemed like watching it on YouTube. Like there's a little documentary that I watched, and it just yeah. seemed amazing. Yeah, you know, uh, again, you know, we made you the boss, Danny Nicho, um, John and John, John Owen and Sean. They gave me the shout probably the week before, and just said, "Look, there's a, there's a slot there. Do you want to do it?" And you know, stay work really hard on get me there, and then. You know, Webster's we go make Jamie and, and seeing how good he performed that day. Um, still makes the ears on the back of my neck stand up thinking about how, how good that day was and, and stand on the back of, of some of his mates, you know, playing to probably more people than Paul McCartney has um, and keeping every single one of them um, watching them and just, it was amazing. Um, shut my eyes now and I can still think of little things. I'm not going to shut my eyes too much because I'm just driving, but I can't, you know, fa- fa- fantastic. Um, Fantastic day. Yeah, I must. Have, I wish, really wish, I was there to see you. <laughs> um, yeah. obviously, before I move on to your like your music career, where it all started, I'm gonna move on. You um, you do work with the Flory, the Florence Institute, with a uh, with the young lad called Lee Lee Swan. Um, I know. Um, yeah, the Flory, yeah, I am. I know it's uh, where it is and all that. I know it's like run by loads of volunteers and everything. Not like people, like, like loads of volunteers do it. Yeah. Um. So when did you used to go to Flory as a kid? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? 